Welcome to the Creekwood Church Podcast. We want you to know that Creekwood Church is open and you're invited to join us in person or online this weekend. More information about services and in-person safety precautions is available at creekwoodchurch.com. We hope this message inspires and encourages your faith. Enjoy. Well, I want to get into our teaching today. If you want to grab your Bibles, Matthew chapter 7, verse 26 is the uh, key scripture for this series, Built to Last. We are in the last weekend of this series, Built to Last. And it's been um, such a powerful series where we've been able to look at what does it look like for us to build our life on things that last. And one of the things that we've continually said is that I... I'm convinced that like never before that we need to know what we believe. We need to know where we stand. We need to know what we're building our life on. Our culture is changing by the day. What's right and wrong changes continually. And if we're not careful, we can build things in our life and build our life on things that really are not solid. And if you have not been a part of this this series and maybe you missed a weekend or two, I want to encourage you to go back and start from the beginning and listen to all the weeks. Um, they're, they're just so powerful. And um, today, again, I, I want to start off by reading this scripture to you because um, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 26, and this again uh, is is if you look at the context of the scripture, it's found at the end of Jesus, his most famous sermon that he ever tells. And um, he, he says this, he says, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. There's two guys, two people that are building their house. One builds it on the rock and one builds it on the sand. And he, he says, you know, the, the person that hears this and, and hears me talk about what, what you ought to build your life on, and then you go and you build it on something different, something not solid, like sand, you're foolish. You're a fool. How many of you have ever um, made a foolish decision? All the men ought to have both hands up today. All the women ought to be elbowing men because men, we are notorious for this. I've done this so many times and, and my wife, I, I, was, I was talking to her about this and I was like, babe, help me think of some of the foolish things and she wouldn't stop. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's enough. Like she was reminding me of the time that I thought it was really smart to take a shower with the cat. Because the dog in my brain, I thought, you know, the little, my little Boston Terrier can go in the shower with me and he can be in there. Bless God, the cat's going to go in there with me. I got tore up that day. It wasn't a good idea. It was foolish. You remind me also about the time that I, I wanted to get a, a guard dog for my wife when, when I was gone. And I went to the pound to adopt this dog and I came home with a basset hound. He was old and the, the, the people told me, like, I walked right by him and the, the lady like saw sucker all over me. She said, if this guy, does, this little guy doesn't get adopted today, 
he's going to have to be put down. His name was Ernie. He was old and, and like when he howled, it was like, woo, woo, woo. It was like, he was awful. He would run off all the time. He was not a guard dog. That was a foolish decision. We were talking, my wife and I, about the years that I was a youth pastor. And I just want to thank Jesus. There was no social media back then. Because there is no evidence. We, we went back a couple weeks ago to our, our home church that we served for as youth pastors. And we ran into a lot of our old kids. And they were talking about all the crazy stuff that, that I did. And one of the things that I was reminded of is like that I thought it was really cool. That when we were going down to Mexico, we had this yellow school bus the youth group had. It was called the Big Cheeto. And I thought it was a good idea to cut all the seats out and put all the luggage in there and let the kids ride on top of the luggage with the windows down. That's really safe, right? But nobody told me it was a bad idea. And, and I'm thinking about all the things that, that, that I've done and like, it's an adventure hanging out with me. I've done a lot of foolish things and you have too. And we can laugh about some of the foolish things we've done, but when it comes to spiritual things, a lot of us have made foolish decisions. When it comes to grounding our life on what really matters and going to your kids, when you look at your kids and you say, son, daughter, this is what's important. This is what you build your life on. And I'm going to model this and I'm going to be an example of what this is. I think a lot of us have made foolish decisions. We've modeled to our kids some foolish values. We've modeled to our kids some foolish things and we have, are, are creating and building our life on sand and it won't last. When you look at the Bible, one of the things that, that, that I love is that our God is a builder. If you wanna turn over to 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse four and five, First Peter chapter two, verse four and five, it says, as you come to him, the living stone rejected by humans, by, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house, say spiritual house. I love this, this building metaphor that he, he's, he's talking about. He says that you're these living stones and they're precious to him and he takes these living stones and he's building a spiritual house. And I want to talk to you about the spiritual house, the spiritual family. And I want to just kind of get straight to it because I believe that a lot of us, something somewhere along the line, we've started to devalue spiritual family. It's not that important anymore. Spiritual family, when you think about the church and what it represents, it's, it's your spiritual family. Do you know that 
If you're gonna build something to last in your life, if you're gonna build something at the core of your kids that will last, they have to understand that their spiritual family is important. That spiritual family is not optional. Somewhere along the line, we've started to go, well, you know what, church is really not that important. It just matters that I, like, I have Jesus in my life, but I really don't like the church. Do you know what you're saying? When you say you don't like the church, the spiritual family, it's like you telling somebody, hey, I like you, but I don't like your bride. Your bride's kind of ugly. But I like you. Wouldn't that insult you? Do you know that the church is the bride of Christ? That we as a church are a spiritual family. See, I, I think that we're, we're in a dangerous place. Do you know that 17% of Americans go to church today? And studies show that by 2040, it will be half of that. We're living in a time where people just don't think that church is that big of a deal. We, we go, we say church shopping and we're, we're like, well, I'm looking around for a church and I think I'm like, what church? And we kind of church hop and, and I think we're living in a, in a culture today that we have a lot of homeless people. There are homeless people. We are spiritually homeless. We are spiritually homeless because we don't value the, the spiritual family and what that does to us. If we're going to build our life to, to last, we have to say, I value the church. I love this place. I love Creekwood. It's a special place, but there's a lot of special families in this city. They're all unique. Look at this, this scripture. It says in, in, sec, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4, it says, as you come to him, the living stone. Let me, hold on, I got to. As you come to him, the living stone rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also living like stones are are built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. You know, when you think of most houses that are built here in Texas, they're, they're made out of bricks, right? And one of the things that I like, I'm, I'm glad it says stones and not bricks because bricks are all the same. And, and stones actually have to be placed. Stones are different. Stones have, have to actually be set in, in, in place. Each stone is unique. And this is what's special. Because I know sometimes we go, well, man, I don't know if I want to be a part of a spiritual family because you're going to make me act all weird and we're all going to be the same. And I know about church people. And I don't want to be church people. You know, you know, we all have our own little perceptions and we kind of bad mouth the church and, 
and in uh, our spiritual family, and, and we kind of like, you're communicating. What are you communicating to your kids about your spiritual family? You know, in the past, we've done a million trillion services trying to accommodate to people, and, and I'm, I'm just going to talk straight with you. We, we literally killed our staff trying to have so many services, trying to accommodate every hour for everybody because everybody's trying to build their life, and then the church is supposed to come around and be convenient for all of us. Y'all like me? Love me? Sorry. And we're like, well... Well, my kids have got sports and, and we would go to church, but you know, my kids have got, they're, they're, we're counting on this. And the church, that your spiritual family, and I, I just, listen to me, I, I'm talking to you straight because this is a big deal. You need to be communicating to your kids, your, your core value of you, you ought to say, my spiritual family, it's, it's, it's a must in my life. I have to have the spiritual family in my life and everything else is going to be built around that because the number one in my life, in my schedule, it's going to be my relationship with Christ, but it's built around my spiritual family. See, I, I love that it says, let me, let me show you this also because again, this, the stone, that, that automatically jumped out to me that, 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 that he's, he's building the spiritual house. Um, first Peter chapter two, verse nine, it says, but you are a chosen people, a Royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Notice that all of these things are plural. It says you're a chosen people, a Royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. This goes against our grain because we live in a world that is very individualistic. It's all about, God, what are you going to do for me? And what are you going to do in my life? And how are you going to bless me? And God, would you answer my prayer? And certainly God wants to do something personally in your life. But you study the Bible. God wants to work through people in your life. And the way that you, be, you grow spiritually is that God uses people. Jump over to Psalm 68, verse 6. It says, Psalm 68, verse 6. It says, God sets, if you underline your Bibles or highlight, highlight God sets. God sets the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with singing, but the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. What does it mean when it, he's talking about a rebellious people, a rebellious person? A rebellious person here is anyone who resists where God places them, where God sets them. Do you know that, that you don't just find a church? I, 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 don't, I don't believe that. I believe that God sets us in spiritual families. God, God places us 
in spiritual families. This is why it's so key to understand that your spiritual family is important. That you didn't just show up here and you didn't just kind of go, well, I think I'll go to Creekwood this week and next week I'm going over here and over there and I'm like, I'm just gonna wait around until Pastor Steeman gets a little boring. Our Pastor Steven, or you know, and look, isn't it true that like when we get kind of done, we just kind of, we get picky? And we get, I'm just going to be straight with y'all. We get butt hurt. <laughs> I was a youth pastor 16 years, so I'm sorry. <laughs> with kids, you just got to tell it like it is. And we, we, when we're kind of like, well, I'm kind of bored a little bit and, and, and man, they changed my kid's diaper and they didn't put the diaper, the, 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 the name brand, they put an off-brand diaper on my kid. And, and it's just crazy the stuff we look for and, and, and we forget God's placed me here. God set me in this place. Do you know the enemy wants to make you believe that you have not been set, that you have not been placed in this place? He wants you to believe that you're just part of the crowd, that you just kind of like, the church is lucky I'm here, and God, you're lucky you see me, you're lucky I'm here. No, God has set you here, he has placed you here. You need to get it deep inside of your soul that you say, God has set our family here, God has placed us in this place. Our destiny, the growth of our kids, the, the, the direction of, of our family, it's, it is all found in where God has placed me. God has set me in this place. So God, I understand that. What do you want to do in my life? See, people who build in a way that lasts are anchored to the divine relationships found in a spiritual family. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18, it says, but in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them just as he wanted them to be. God has placed, God has placed, God has set, God has put you in this place. How does that change things? That you know that, that God has divinely set you in this place. You didn't just want to be here. You didn't just wake up today. God has set you. God has placed you. You're, you're, you're supposed to be a part of this place. This is your spiritual family. What, what happens is that you begin to move from being a consumer. And we live in a world and a culture that we have made the church consumeristic instead of understanding that I'm a part of a family and this is God's family and my spiritual family is important. How would your family be like if, if like only one person did everything and everybody else laid around the couch and watched them? All the ladies are going, that's what I do. <laughs> But do you know that, that that happens in the church today? Across, I'm talking about the church across just 
America, there, there is a small percentage of the spiritual family that does most of the work. This, again, understanding that I really want this, 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 I'm set, I'm placed to get deep inside of your spirit today. Because I believe it's going to change how you view church and view your spiritual family. This is a pattern you see throughout the Bible. Um, uh, automatically, I thought about Ruth chapter one, uh, the story of Ruth. And a lot of y'all may not know this story, but um, this is a, it, it's such a, a, a great illustration of the, the pattern, the Bible pattern of God placing us in places. God setting us somewhere. And um, basically the, this story, there, there's this young girl, Ruth, and, and there's a family that, that moves there. And, and uh, um, uh, she marries one of the, one of the sons. And, and it's a tragic part. There's a pr- tragic part of the story is that the father and the two sons, uh, they die. And so all that's left are the daughter-in-laws and, and uh, the mother-in-law. And the mother-in-law basically tells Ruth, hey, you need, you need to get away from me. You need to go live your life. You're still young and listen to what she says. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. What motivates a woman like Ruth to say that? It's that she understands she's been placed and she's been set in that place. I think of, um, again, Ruth and Naomi, this, that I just read to you, David and Jonathan. Jonathan, his dad is the king. And um, his, his dad actually wants to kill David. But, but Jonathan is, is, understands that he has been called to be with David. What makes him be there? It's because he understands that he's been placed Elijah and Elisha, again, Elijah is depressed, wanting to, to, to die. And God says, I'm going to send somebody. I'm going to place somebody in your life. Jesus and the disciples, the disciples in the early church, Paul and Timothy, over and over, we understand God places us. God sets us in a spiritual family. I was talking to my wife about this. We were just kind of discussing about relationships and, and what the power of people in our life. And she was sharing a book. She's going to be speaking in Mission, Texas at a church at a women's conference. And she was, she's been studying this book and she was talking to me a little bit about it. And it was really interesting to me. And the book is, is called Lost Connections. And uh, the guy that wrote this, he um, struggled with depression his whole life. And he spent his life... Um, Again, trying to find answers. And as a kid, that he was told, you just need to get over it. And as he got older, uh, they were telling him, well, there's just a chemical imbalance in your, in, in your life. And so you need to take drugs. And so they, they were looking at all of this. And he, was, he spent his life researching, trying to find the answers. And one of the things that, that he began to to understand is that people actually affect our brain chemistry. And that one, that 
you think about our, our deepest psychological needs are we have this sense of we, we have this sense of belonging, personal purpose. We want we want to know that we have purpose. We want to know that we have inherent value, that we matter. We want to know that we have a future hope. And one of the things that, that he he again confirms to us of what the Bible teaches us is that we need a spiritual family. The church is important. And it cannot be about just, I, I got to attend someplace. So how, how, do, how do you build on a spiritual family? If you want to write this down, number one, you've got to have a conviction from God. You have to have a conviction from God. I think it's so important that I, I, I've got this conviction, like, Ruth had this conviction, I, I am sticking with Naomi because I have been set in this place. You know, you need, a, you need to figure out why you're here. Because church is gonna make you mad. But when you understand and you have this conviction that God, hey, it, people are people and people are gonna hurt me, people are gonna say things, people are not gonna always meet my needs. People are not always going to be there for me, but I got this conviction in my soul that God has placed me and my family at Creekwood, and this is my spiritual family. And I'm committed. Commitment's kind of a dirty word in our culture right now, right? Nobody wants to commit to anything. And part of it is, again, um, a lot of, uh, how many of y'all are Gen X? Like, um, we, we grew up in a different world that, than there is now. And, uh, you know, when we were growing up, it wasn't, hel- you know, helicopter parents. We were, you know, a lot of y'all were latchkey kids. And they, in other words, you just had to figure it out. They, your parents gave you a key and said, you figure it out. And, and again, um, we kind of like, you know, we, you, you, didn't, you didn't grow up with a whole lot of hope that things were going were gonna to be just um, okay and that, that everything in the future was going to be great. You just kind of, even you think about some of the music that was, was um, a part of when we were growing up. And you just... You know, you just kind of go, you know, I'm just kind of here and I'm just kind of skeptical and I don't know if I want to be committed. And you hear me up here talking about that God wants to build your life and God sets you in a family, a spiritual family, and that you've been placed here and that this is, this is a big deal and that you need to be committed and have this, this, this conviction from God that I'm all in. I'm all in. What would Creekwood be like if we were all like that? I mean, the world better watch out. The 108 acres, our new West Campus would happen in a, like that. It would happen like that because we would say, God set us in this place. God's placed me in this place for such a time as now. I'm committed. I'll do whatever I got to do to make this happen. 
because I know God's called me to do this. Our kids would receive, and they do get incredible ministry, but listen to me, there's not a ministry in our church that does not need help. I'm just telling you, there's not a ministry in, in, out there that says, it's okay, we got it. <laughs> Show up here on Wednesday night and see this place packed out full of students and you see our, 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 our student staff and, and youth sponsors working. They're not gonna go, hey, we got it, you go ahead. Maybe if you show up and you're kind of weird, but they might. I don't, I don't know. I'm just playing. I just, I want something to go beyond the superficial. And COVID is, has shown us, man, we better have this conviction about what's important to us. There are people that say, well, you know, COVID kind of revealed that, 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 you know, like a lot of things and that, that. Listen, I think one of the biggest things that COVID revealed is a lot of us don't have deep relationships. Because we, you know, when the ball game stopped, when the dinner stopped, then you isolated. And your, your life was built around all these activities. It wasn't built around people that were your spiritual family. That know you, that are a part of your life, that have this, this conviction from God. Listen, Write this down. The church will always be imperfect. It's imperfect. I hear people say, man, I don't know if I want to be a part of a spiritual family. Like they're all hypocrites. That's true. Church is full of hypocrites and there's room for one more. None of us are perfect. You, you follow us around long enough. You listen to us long enough. I mean, you could label anybody a hypocrite. You know, and it's easy to, you know, sit at home. And if you're watching from home, we love you. (laughs) But if you're, I've said this a million times, if you're going everywhere else and you're going, man, I'm just not ready to go to church. Come on, let's go. There's a bunch of hypocrites here waiting for you. (laughs) I had this funny story happen to me um, this last week. I walked in this. Let me kind of back up a little bit, okay? I walked in this store and I I, I was looking for this this, uh, man and, and I was wanting to talk to him. And I walked in and I walked past and I stopped at the register and these two ladies were checking out. And I walked away and the lady came up and she tapped me on the shoulder and she said, what are you wearing? You smell so good. And I looked at her and I said, there's a story behind that. And she goes, you smell so good. And these two ladies were loud, you know, and everybody is kind of gathering around. And I said, there's a story. I said, a year ago, my wife and I were out with this couple and the guy had this, this cologne on that was like high dollar, really expensive stuff, like out of this world expensive. My wife could not shut up about it though. She's in the car. You smell so good. I'm like, I'm over here. Hey, we're on a double date over here and I'm over here and I look good. 
I may smell like Dracar, but I don't smell. Y'all remember Dracar? Boy. That was way back when. She couldn't stop. And she goes, you got to get some of this to me. She's like, you got to get that. I'm like, baby, you don't want, that thing is expensive. It's like $500 for a little bottle. And guess what? We found the bootleg. <laughs> we found the bootleg version for $28. Woo! Are we having church or what? I told you all this is a good family to be a part of because we just believe in being real. I'm wearing fake cologne up here. I told the lady, I said, you can get it $28. It's an off brand. I don't know where it's made. I don't know what's in it. <laughs> you put on a little dab. You can go work out in the yard. And I'd been working like, like sweating. And she's like, I just want to spray that all over my pillow. I was, I was being like, I wasn't wearing the real thing. It was fake. You know what? A lot of us in our life, there are going to be moments that you're going to, you're like, man, I want that. And, and you're going to try to be real, but you like, it's going to be fake. But I want you to hear me. Even if you're struggling with whatever, and, and we all have our, our areas of our life. You're like, man, I want to be a really strong Christian. And then you fall off the wagon. You're going to mess up. You're going to fall down and but listen to me there's no greater place to be when you fall down over and over than in a solid spiritual family that loves you that cares about you and listen to me I I, I, I want you to move beyond the place of going man I, I'm looking for the perfect people and perfect church it doesn't exist um, do you know that you need to be, write this down, you need to be in a church with people that are not like you, who you may not choose to be with. You're probably sitting next to people that, that you're just like, that you like, maybe. Uh, for the most part, we choose to kind of look, and, and this, is, this is wonderful, you know, this is like a lot of times life groups, this happens, you go find people, you have a lot of things in common. But listen, this is a little bit different. This is the value. Do you know that there's no other place that a, a Democrat and a Republican can come together and, and start singing and experience the presence of God? And we're all different. And you think about like our differences are what makes us stronger. This is why, the, the, do you know that why God called the church his bride? His idea, marriage was his idea. Do you know that marriage is stronger when, when you have differences and you make, you, you make each other stronger? That when you're around people that are different than you are, it makes you stronger. So just thinking, I'm just looking for people like me and people that don't, like you're looking for the perfect little people, that's dysfunction, because you will not grow as long as you are with people that you're just alike, that you like, and they like you. You need some people that are complete opposite of you, 
that are completely different with different things that they, they, they struggle with and you come together and it's what makes the church, the spiritual family, beautiful. Um, the last area is we need to prioritize engaging with our spiritual family. You know, one of the dangers that I think this is what happens to a lot of us is that we have so many options. Like for example, um, and again, I touched on this at the beginning. Uh, we have so many options in life and in, in our world, we're so busy. And like, for example, today, when you think about, you, you know, get in the car and ask your family, if you've got a big family and you're like, where do y'all want to go eat? And it's chaos. And, 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 and that nobody can decide and, and usually it becomes a fight. And all these options in, in, we need to prioritize engaging with our spiritual family. In other words, this is a priority for us. My spiritual family. I need a spiritual family in this, in, in, in my life, I need a spiritual family. Now I need Psalms 92 verse 12. It says the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. Um, I love what Ephesians chapter one, verse 23, it says the church you see is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts by which he fills everything with his presence. And I want to close by reading this quote by Rick Warren. He says, I love the church of Jesus Christ with all my heart, despite all its faults due to our sinfulness. It is still the most magnificent concept ever created. It has been God's chosen instrument of blessing for 2000 years. It has survived persistent abuse, horrifying persecution, and widespread neglect. Organizations come and go, but the church will last for eternity. It's worth giving our lives for it. It deserves our best. I wanna pray for you today and but I, I, before you bow your heads today, I want you to hear me when I say this. Do you know that today, this afternoon, something so beautiful is going to happen? One of the things you're going to see is people aren't going to be baptizing themselves. You don't baptize yourself. You, I know you're like, well, hey, I've already been baptized. I was in my tub and I was in the bubble bath. And I just felt the, the candles were... <laughs> The candles were burning and it was a spiritual moment and I just kind of dunked myself and in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, you didn't get baptized. There's something spiritual that happens. People are gonna baptize you. You're joining, you're, you, you are, there are people around you that are, that are, are taking you in the pastoral staff, the, the leadership, the, the people standing around you, this whole spiritual moment, it's, it's your identity coming out and saying, I'm a part of this family. I'm a Christ follower. And I'm 
committing my life to serving Christ and the people around you, the spiritual family. It's like none other. It was God's idea. And listen to me, our generation needs to have a conviction that we say not on our watch. Are we gonna let the church die? Go around Europe and you will see hundreds of empty, beautiful cathedrals. And you know where the church is thriving in our world today? It's the underground churches. The churches in China and Iran it's only in the, in the countries where we have everything and we're just being bombarded by all kinds of stuff and we have just, it's like the church, oh, okay, whatever. No, I need to have a conviction that my spiritual family, it's important, it's a priority. It's where my growth, my, my strength, the, the solid rock that God's building my life into, it's, it's where it's at. Would you pray for me? Father, thank you for every person here today. God, I thank you for those today, God, that are sitting there this morning and they know they're not right with you, God. I thank you, God, that you are speaking to people right now at this moment, that they are ready to receive you into their life. Father, I thank you that your word says that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins. Father, receive us as your children, Lord. Father, I thank you for those that are giving their heart to you today, those that are receiving you into their life. And Father, today I, I stand, God, with all humility. And I'll say I'm sorry. I just want you to know that we're sorry that we've allowed our spiritual family and we've allowed our, ourselves to communicate to our kids that the spiritual family is kind of the last option and be a part of it if you feel like it. God, our schedules, all these things have communicated that we don't prioritize it, God. And we just want you to know we're sorry. We love your church. We love this spiritual family. Father, I pray that you would awaken this love, awaken this romance in our heart for your bride. May we see this spiritual family for what it is, God. Father, I thank you in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Creekwood Church Podcast. Are you new to Creekwood? If so, we're glad you're here. For more information about our church and how to take your next step, please visit the Connect page on our Creekwood Church app.